Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's Michael C. Bouchard, the host of the Night Stalker podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 198. You know, even in today's chaotic world, world of chaos, uh, corrupt politicians, uh, thievery from every which angle, uh, random shootings, uh, violence beyond expectation, uh, this is not the only decade or time where where things have occurred that possessed a um, a threat to humanity. In in 1979, it seemed to be one of those one of those years. Um, today, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the uh, space shuttle. For most of you that are younger, you probably don't remember this. But this occurred on July 11th, uh, 1974, when the um, Skylab space station uh, went out of orbit. Uh, there were no um, they were uh, they were unable to reboost the um, this this the space lab back into orbit. Uh, they originally had planned on uh, putting a space sh shuttle up there with it to put it back into entry. However, the space shuttle was not ready until 1981. So, um, with that with that in mind, uh, our space station, Skylab, was it really the second space station that was put into orbit. It was 111 feet tall and weighed approximately about 79 tons. Um, it had been in orbit for about 24 weeks, May 1973 to February, I think, 1974. It spent approximately 2,249 days in orbit before the orbit decayed. Um, it had taken 175,000 solar photographs. There was one space lab put into orbit prior to ours. It was the... Uh, the Russian Salyut 1, which uh, just had many problems and um, it just didn't work out. It wasn't a very successful mission. Uh, so, so 1979 was a pretty busy year for us. Uh, you had Three Mile Island. We will bring that one up in a little while. Um, but don't think 2022 is any different than what has been going on for decades. It's just that uh, we, back in back in earlier generations, we were worried about um, mechanical issues, um, environmental issues, uh, astronomical issues, economy, uh, not people killing themselves like they did. So with that being said, um, We'll talk a little bit about uh, what was going on with the with the space shuttle at the time. I'm trying to uh, actually find find a, uh, a clip I was looking for. This was from uh, Friday, May 11th, 1979, two months before the impact. Skylab's re-entry will be awesome. 79 tons boring its way into the atmosphere like a shooting star burning and breaking up into an estimated 500 pieces of molten metal, all streaking across the sky in a spectacular display of light. 
publicly america's space agency says there is only a very remote chance of skylab crashing into a heavily populated area but privately some of the space agency officials are worried at least one nasa official has resigned over the way that the united states has handled the disintegration of this its largest satellite the space station which is about as big as a three-bedroom house is in a crisscrossing orbit over ninety percent of the world's population including australia Skylab will be traveling around 340 miles an hour, spreading wreckage over a corridor 100 miles wide and 4,000 miles long. This artist's impression depicts the slim possibility of wreckage crashing towards land. NASA was embarrassed by this picture and insisted that the chances of anyone being injured or killed were 1 in 150. NASA believed they will have at the most three days accurate warning of when Skylab will fall but only about two hours' notice of where it will fall. And just keep in mind, one out of 150 is a pretty good chance. Tonight, in tracking stations across the world, in Spain on Ascension Island, on Bermuda, in California, and in Chile, men and machines like these are tracking the last days, the last orbits of the space station called Skylab. For Skylab. How big is it, this Skylab? It's a bit hard to find an earthbound uh, thing to compare it with, but as it was when it was launched, as it is now that it's in orbit, and as it will be when it falls out of that orbit, hits the Earth's atmosphere and begins to disintegrate, Skylab will be about the size of this, about as big as a railway locomotive. So how is it that 70 tons of space technology an object as big as a locomotive is floating around in space out of control and about to make a fiery return to the Earth that launched it six years ago. That story goes back to 1973, to the beginning of Skylab's space odyssey. Skylab was the crowning achievement of the 10-year-long American preoccupation with space. Six years ago now, the space station Skylab was built into the payload of an unmanned Saturn rocket and put into orbit around Earth. Its crews would board later in space. It was a workshop in space, a workshop, a laboratory, an observatory, taking a telescope beyond the atmosphere for a new look at deep space. Skylab was there, they thought, for 10 years, with crews moving in and out as part of an ongoing space program. But around 1974, the pace of American space exploration began to lag. The third Skylab crew was the last. They shut down the space station and left it in silent orbit. There was, they thought then, plenty of time to work out Skylab's future. But they forgot Murphy's Law. If something can go wrong, it will. And of course it did. Two things went wrong. And together, they sentenced Skylab to the fiery death, now to occur one day next week. There was a period of intense flare activity on the surface of the sun. That could have been predicted. It was predicted and ignored. The sun began emitting more radiation, as it does regularly every 11 years. The Earth's atmosphere was slightly warmed, and it expanded, up ever nearer the orbital path of Skylab. The spacecraft was now meeting atmospheric resistance to its path. 
it began to slow down, and as it slowed, to fall slowly out of orbit. In the language of the spacemen, the orbit was decaying. And meanwhile, back on Earth, the space shuttle was having its problems. So Skylab rescue was out of the question. And what had gone up was certainly going to come down. It will be, the experts say, like a huge meteorite, a spectacular fireworks show. But where and when? The spacecraft crosses Australia six times a day. Five of its orbits avoid centers of heavy population, but the sixth would hardly be worse positioned. It passes over Melbourne, Sydney, and Newcastle once a day, every day. Elsewhere in the world, the potential for trouble is worse again. Australia represents 2% of the total area of the globe in where it could come down. So as far as re-entry over Australia is concerned at this time, the probability is 1 in 50 that we could experience re-entry. Stand by, please. 24 hours ahead of Skylab's predicted re-entry, an information centre will be set up at NASA's Canberra Communications Base. Canberra, voice. Canberra. From here, there's instant contact with the international NASA system. A minute-by-minute -minute account of predicted events will be available. If, in the final six hours, an impact on Australia is judged to be possible, the warnings will go out from here on Australia's radio networks. But the odds for that are pure speculation, as the newspaper coverage so far has been. Webster. Predictions are that the derelict American spacecraft Skylab will come to Earth in about two and a half hours from now. American space officials say the 77-ton ship will probably begin breaking up over the northwest corner of the United States and Canada. Ground control has sent its last signal to Skylab, a command aimed at sending the spacecraft into a tumble to retard its descent into the atmosphere. This was done to direct it down into an ocean either the Southern Atlantic or the Indian. Hello once again from Hugh Evans with another special Skylab Watch report and perhaps we should begin this one with an update as we go across to reporter Jeff McMullen in Washington. Morning again Australia. Luck so far seems to be with the Skylab controllers here in Washington by their manoeuvres earlier today sending the space station into a tumbling motion. They believe they've prolonged its flight at least by another 18 minutes giving it that extra time in the air according to NASA, means a splashdown safely in the Atlantic Ocean within the next couple of hours. And Ian McIntosh in New York is having a look at how Americans are reacting to this. Well, here in New York, it's pretty much business as usual on what is a muggy summer morning. And like Washington and other American cities, all seems fairly normal. There's no great fuss being made at this stage over Skylab. That hasn't stopped, of course, uh, some Americans from expressing their idea of individuality on Skylab. One New York restaurant organized a Skylab re-entry party and promoted a Skylab cocktail. Drink a couple and you won't know what's hit you. Over the last few days, American newsmen have been making a lot of the prospect that Skylab would disintegrate over ocean and less populated areas. They've specifically mentioned Australia. 
which prompted one American woman who's lived in Australia to call us here at the ABC's New York office and apologize for any impression that we might have got that Australia was considered a target by Washington. So with me in the Sydney studio is Dr. David Cole, who's director of the Ionospheric Prediction Service of the Department of Science and the Environment. It's now, what, uh, 11.34, nearly, p.m. in Eastern Australia. Where is Skylab now? Uh, Skylab, as we reckon at the moment, has passed um, beyond Madagascar, down in southern Indonesia, and it's now working its way up towards the south of Tasmania, uh, where it'll pass south of Tasmania, go across the Pacific, and then carry on up towards the United States on its last orbit round, so what we expect probably be its last orbit. Right, so it goes from Tasmania up across the Pacific to the United States and then comes round the other side. Correct. But there was a time a little earlier on where it was thought that um, if it, if it uh, did make its re-entry later, there could still be large, large pieces landing in Australia. Does it look as if that could still happen? It's most unlikely at this stage, and it certainly looks as if everything's going to go as planned and it's going to come down uh, round about the Atlantic Ocean, uh, mid to South Atlantic. Yeah. And now what's going to happen when it does make its re-entry and starts burning up? I mean, we've, see, we've seen pictures of it with uh, the bits and pieces outside. What's going to fall off first, as it were, and going to come crashing down? <laughs> well, the NASA have uh, predicted a, a marvellous program of, uh, of bits and pieces falling off. Um, but they talk about um, at 92 kilometres height that the solar panel um, will rip off. This is sort of the windmill. Well, those are the four blades, The yes. four sort of windmill on, on top of the sun yeah. that tends to be ripped off. At 80 kilometres, expect all telescopes will go. At 76 kilometres, the multi-docking adapter will be ripped, ripped off. And around about 70 kilometres, the, the lab, the sleeping port, and so on, start to break up. You're with uh, ABC Radio 1 and ABC Radio 3 plus Radio Australia. In Australia, Eastern Time, 2 a.m. Here is a special Skylab report from the Space Center in Washington. According to a late report from space officials here, Skylab has re-entered the atmosphere and is expected to splash down in the Indian Ocean, south of Africa, within half an hour. Latest estimates are that it will be 17 minutes past 2 Australian Eastern Time. However, a spokesman told me there was a possibility that Skylab could remain aloft 2.53 a.m. and this would cause concern because there was a slight chance, he emphasized slight, that this could take the tumbling spacecraft over Australia. He emphasized that this was not expected, that the drama was likely to be over within half an hour. This has been handed a press cable. Skylab began to disintegrate at 2.10 Eastern Australian time today as it made a fiery descent through the Earth's atmosphere, plunging towards the Atlantic or Indian Oceans, according to US space officials. Okay, well, we'll leave our Skylab report there. We'll be back in about five minutes' time from public affairs. It's 23 minutes past two.
to Western Australia in about three minutes' time. In the meantime, it's back to John Hall. Oh, yes, the Vogue's Eastern Time at 11 minutes to three. I don't want your arms around me. No, not much. Instead, perhaps, we'll settle for Steve Cussell. Thank you, John. Ten and a half minutes to three, Australian Eastern Time. Right, we cross now to Jeff McMullen in Washington for the official confirmation of Skylab splashdown. The Skylab Control Center in Washington now confirms that the space station has fallen harmlessly into the Indian Ocean, several hundred miles off the southwest corner of Australia. The return to Earth was at 2.38 a.m. Australian Eastern Time. According to the director of the Skylab Recovery Project, Mr. Richard Smith, the heaviest parts of the space station have fallen into the ocean with the lighter pieces scattered back across a flight path towards Africa. That's the latest from the Skylab Control Center where there is a mood something resembling an Irish wake. It's not exactly jubilation, it's a sense of relief, but there is some celebration that Skylab is back to Earth safely. Jim McMullen, many thanks. As we mentioned, it was flying over Esperance in Western Australia a few moments ago. Jim Bonner spoke to a coordinator with the State Emergency Service in Western Australia, Phil Arledge. We've seen about uh, uncounted numbers, somewhere between 50 and 100 pieces carrying on a northeasterly direction from here. How high did it look to be up in the sky? Your guess is as good as mine, but it, it, was, it would probably be, well, anywhere to 50,000 feet. We wouldn't know. We had nothing to compare it with. How big were these pieces, would you say? Uh, bright lights in the sky. And did they take long to pass over? No, they were passing over fairly quickly. I would say a minute and a half and they'd be out of sight. Were there long streaks of light in the sky? Uh, there was a sonic boom here also. Uh, the, the boom came about three minutes behind the light. Dr David Coles, is it possible that what Phil Allage saw was Skylab? Um, well, as far as we know, um, majority of Skylab came down um, well off the coast of um, Western Australia. Um, I, I don't honestly know what he saw, what he didn't see, um, but certainly as far as we know, it's come down in the Indian Ocean. It's It hasn't produced any, um, any, any danger to anybody, and uh, I think we need to be thankful for that. Well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, it actually did hit uh, remote parts of uh, Australia, and most of the debris can only be found in uh, museums that are uh, located in Australia. But you see, we nowadays think that what is going on today is the only time that we've ever had uh, events in our uh, culture or society. Um, that uh, that impacted uh, human life, and it's not true. We've been having these on a, if you really look around, it could be a daily basis. Bigger ones noticed uh, 
I'll put on media, the smaller ones aren't, but that was the year 1979, and we will also talk about uh, the Three Mile Island uh, accident uh, on episode number uh, 199. This is episode 198, and this is uh, Michael C. Bouchard, host of the Night Stalker Podcast, season 2, episode 198.